Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Tell me you're an investigator. More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. Not a taint. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today on Ale with Angel, along with all of your beloved highly inappropriate hilarity, we will be reviewing Angel Season 1. Episode 17, entitled Eternity. Speaking of eternity, I am still struggling (laughs) to get this goddamn bottle of witch's brew open. Because first, I insisted that it was definitely a screw-off cap. Screw-off! Rex was right. It is, in fact, a cork. Yep. That I then refused to open the foil of... And I screwed right through the foil, and now I'm only just now at this very moment <laughs> removing the cork from the bottle. Now, if you give me just the moment, and give me a moment, darling. That was entertaining. I shall remove the foil so that I can do this. Oh, yeah. Today on Ale with Angel, <laughs> I am drinking Witch's Brew, a cheap, very cheap Halloweeny, yep, spiced uh, like, wine. Spiced wine, like it's mainly just the cheapest rat shit filled <laughs> wine that you can get, and they covered up all the rat shit uh, taste with <laughs> cloves, and it's delicious. It is delicious. Rex, would you like some rat shit clove? A little bit. Excellent. I'm actually going to be drinking something on this episode. You cheating bastard! It's been a while. But no, this is like. But he's doing a really good job with his diet. Otherwise, yeah, guys, I'm I'm down thirty five pounds. Thirty five fucking pounds. Yes. Since you started the diet, I'm down thirty five pounds since June. Okay. I was down seven pounds at the beginning of December. Uh huh. So seven of the twenty five was from June to no to the beginning of December. Okay. But and you didn't so, start the actual diet until right. I, w- I was I was pseudo dieting before that, where I was just trying to drink less, eat less food. You were that, on that the sort of thing. don't eat so much fucking food diet. Yes, exactly. That's a good plan. Um, as opposed to in December, I started the I literally can't eat anything but this specific thing. A much every more day. formal, prepared meal yeah. style thing. But I've had very very little to drink since November. So this tiny little bit of wine will probably do me good. And I've been drinking way (laughs) less, too. I'm a huge lightweight. I only had like a couple of sips of wine the other day. One little tiny finger of whiskey the day before that. 
that the rest of that wine I threw the fuck out because it had gone bad. <laughs> it was no good at all. It was also cheap shit. But anyway, sorry, I haven't been nearly highly inappropriate enough yet. <laughs> but uh, I mean, shit, today I think we're just going to get right down to business because we ain't got no cats to name. We ain't got no reviews. Ain't no. got no voicemails. Ain't got no satisfaction, <laughs> but we're going to do what we can. You know, yeah. it's, it's rough times. How about some executive producers? Oh, hey, there's something. Fuck a doodle do. Fuck all the doodle do's, Rex. <laughs> all of them. Every last one of them. Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fuck you. I'm a fuck you. And those are chickens. Josh, those are chickens. Those aren't doodle-doos. What's a doodle-doo, then? It's not a chicken. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was fucking chickens this whole time. No. This is very upsetting. (laughs) Turns out you're just a chicken fucker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a dirty chicken fucker. (laughs) Sometimes you just gotta put it like it is, you know? There's nothing we can really do about that. <laughs> oh, Christ. Well, welcome, everybody, to the part of the show where I list off all of our goddamn executive producers who also happen to be generously donating their money to us on our Patreon. They are Holly Halfman, Scarlett Choi, Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty. Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, K Fro Gnome, Father DeFinistrato, Meow Shelley, <laughs> Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you all so very, very much. Because so, without you, this show literally is not possible. So stupid much. We love you. Keep doing what you're doing, and we'll keep doing what we're doing. That's how that works. That's the arrangement here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the arrangement. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Your line was supposed to be, surely not all of the doodle-doos, Josh. <laughs> uh. Oh, God, that's still so funny. <laughs> surely not everyone was kung fu fighting. Every doodle-doo <laughs> was kung fu fighting. <laughs> what is a doodle-doo? Give us a call at 269 269- <laughs> 743-0783. I want to know what a doodle-doo is. What have I been trying to fuck this whole time? <laughs> this whole time. This whole time. <laughs> right, George right. has gotten angry. <laughs> no, George. That's, that's an, an onion. onion. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, just just Google that. And you'll see why we're laughing. Uh, yeah. We're anyway, not, not going to get into no, that. No, we're not going to get into that. shit. On to a parental synopsis. Joshua. What the fuck are you doing, Joshua? Are you wearing eyeliner? <laughs> Dad, <laughs> I have something to tell you. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I knew this day was coming. God damn it. Now I have to pay out to all the guys at work. Wait, you made a bet with your coworkers <laughs> I was a vampire? Oh, thank God. God, I thought you were going to tell me you're gay. Wait, you made a bet against me being gay? But you're always calling me like a total floof and shit like that. Oh, that's just because I'm deeply homophobic. What the fuck do you mean you're a vampire? (laughs) You heard me, Dad. 
It was the only way to make any use of my theater degree. I had to do it. <laughs> you do know vampires don't exist, right? <laughs> I'm also on drugs. Now that's the first normal thing I've heard you say. That's right, Daddy. Normal and evil. 100% evil. Drugs make me evil. That's just how impressionable I am at the tender age of 36, because on today's episode of Angel, <laughs> Angel saves a famous actress's life, who then hires him to protect her and take down her stalker. Turns out there was no stalker, and her manager was just making publicity stunts to help her with her career that's drying up because she's not 22 anymore. Oh, boo-hoo. She's, like, probably 29 or some shit. But now that she knows that everlasting youth is a thing because Angel told her he's a vampire, she drugs Angel to try and coerce him into siring her. But it backfires as the bliss drug temporarily lets Angelus out of the bag for one last delightful romp. Wesley and Cordelia are prepared for this occasion, however, and promptly chain him to a bed for a week or two. The end. <laughs> for a week or two. Damn right. Ladies... Gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. Welcome to the cold open. Yes. An actual cold open this This week. is actually a cold open. Yep. Sorry, my mistake on the last one. It was, a, it was in fact, a warm open. It was a warm open. I now understand the difference. I've been saying cold open this whole time. It just, you know, it sounds fancy. Yeah. One of these days I'm going to learn how to review beverages too. <laughs> <laughs> what? Rat shit with cloves in it wasn't a descriptive <laughs> enough for you? <laughs> Fuck you. Angel and Wesley are dramatically attempting to plan their escape <laughs> from a play. <laughs> We start out with these close-ups on Angel and Wesley's faces talking about making a break for it. Um, but they'd be spotted and the back door is blocked, so they're trapped. Oh, God. And Wesley and Angel are... Ha they're having a very beer with Buffy moment here. They really are. It's your line, Rex. It is? It is. Wait. What's my line? What are we doing? Why are we watching this? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea where you're going with that. <laughs> and now we have a reverse recording of that. That's fucking fantastic. We should swap that out at the end for the Ale with Angel music. That sounds like more work. <laughs> Not for you. Well, that sounds like more work, Josh. Don't volunteer yourself for more work. <laughs> yeah, fine. I know. You do enough of that. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so I got a quote of the day right out of the gate here. Uh, as they pan out and show that they're actually in a theater and not in some sort of dangerous situation, Wesley says, we might try shouting fire. It's not technically a crowded theater. There's only a handful of people there, no. which is par for the course when you're watching a play that fucking bad. Yeah. Even if it started full, I guarantee you that many people would have walked out. I looked it up and I forgot... I didn't write down the name of the play, but they're still in the first, like the first act. Uh huh. It's only like a scene <laughs> or two into the play. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're particularly like, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Because why are we watching this? <laughs> Wesley's like, only another hour, <laughs> perhaps two, when uh, Cordy is midline and can't remember her line. 
shouts backstage line <laughs> oh my god the person like yells the line and she's like what i don't think this was a dress rehearsal either guys <laughs> no i really don't like think it was. i cordelia is not a theater person you do not yell line during a performance no. ever yeah however one time <laughs> i was working backstage at a professional fucking equity house theater for a production of Diary of Anne Frank. And I'm not going to talk too much shit about the guy that was playing uh, Mr. Frank because uh, he's dead now. He was actually he was a very nice guy, but he was a character and an extraordinary actor. But he was older and his memory wasn't what it used to be, I'm sure. And he called for line on the very oh. last line of the show the night before opening night. And we were all just like, oh, my oh God. God. And we had an audience because it was an invited dress rehearsal. It was oh, wow. so painful. So, so, so painful. But he got it every night from there on out. And it was beautiful. But this is what you do in this circumstance. If you're ever in this circumstance where you, you have to go to a play <laughs> and you desperately don't want to sit through the play, you show up. So the person you're seeing sees you show up. And then you set a, a timer, and then you leave once it's started, <laughs> and then you make sure you're back for intermission, if there's an intermission, and then you leave. No, 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 no. Here's what you do. <laughs> you go to Spencer Gifts, and you get yourself <laughs> some of those slinky eyeball glasses, <laughs> and you just have yourself a nap. <laughs> Nobody will ever know that you're not actually awake. Unless you start snoring. Very actively watching <laughs> due to all that eye activity going on. Anyway, <laughs> the the scene closes out with Angel saying, and I thought I knew eternity. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Opening was, credits. That was my second quote of the day. It was, yeah. it was beautiful. And oh, he said it. It's the title of the episode. He said it. <laughs> We're only like three seconds into the episode. Oh, geez. <laughs> Oh, honey, 250 years ain't shit if you're in for the long haul, though. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. You don't know eternity. You know, like, four or five lifetimes. Tops. <laughs> Tops. After the opening credits... So we... someone requested that you let me sing the opening theme song, so shut up. Who the fuck did that? I don't remember who it was, but they're my favorite fan now. You're Where did well, they request this? Somewhere on Facebook. Anyway, so this version of <sighs> the Angel opening theme song, I call the Angel theme song a la Sir Edgar Allan Poe. Meow, 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 Hey, Josh, do you want to die in a fire? Because this is how you die in a fire. <laughs> this is how you die in a fire. <laughs> All right, that's, a, that's enough. That's enough, goddammit. This is an accurate uh, <laughs> representation of Sir Edgar Allan Poe, by the way. It really is. Moving on, please. Moving on. God, that's fucking awful. Hey, that was a that was a fan request. I had to. So cut to outside the theater down the street as Cordy and Wesley and Angel are walking on home, and she asks what they thought of the show, and uh, 
Yeah, they uh, they aren't very honest with her. Like you do. <laughs> and on it, I think that's the wrong thing to do. I absolutely agree. I don't really have any comments on that until the end, though. But right. they are definitely completely circumventing having to give Cordelia any kind of real compliments on her performance, which is par for the course. I mean, fucking everybody yeah. does that in the theater world. Like, you just you just don't tell people if you thought they had a bad show. You just don't. Otherwise, I might not have stuck around with theater as long as I did. <laughs> uh, so... Way to out yourself there, buddy. What? <laughs> I mean, I can't. I am entertaining, just not in all scenarios. I am well, talented. The, the one show. Just not in all sen- scenarios. The one show you were in that I actually got to see. No, I actually saw you in two shows. So the You would have seen Tommy and Boeing Boeing. Yeah. Um, you were fine in Tommy. I just don't particularly like Tommy. Sure. Um, but Boeing Boeing was fucking hilarious. Well, good. And, I'm, you know, it's comedy, so that's kind of your your bag. That is my bag. It's not necessarily... Like, I love farces, but I think I'd be much better at bombastic sketch comedy. For some reason, the serious shit, I just don't click with. Right. But also for Tommy, didn't really require any acting chops because it's all singing. It's a rock yeah. opera. So anyway, as they're not telling Cordy the truth, all of a sudden Cordy, they, they're they walking by like a premiere or something, I guess. Yeah, there's and some event going on with famous rich people or some shit. Cordy spots Oliver, the talent manager. Oliver, Oliver, I'm going to get sued. And uh, I, I thought this was a hilarious thing that they brought him in because it's the fucking dude who was like, oh, you're so pretty, to Angel and gave Angel his card. You're a movie star. No, I'm not. That wasn't a question. (laughs) Oh, honey. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, and it's yay for bringing back some random NPC. I I really appreciate that as well. Cordy, true to form, is incredulous (laughs) and all kinds of, me, 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 why not me? Well, because you're a talentless hack, Cordelia, and no one likes you. Except your entire viewing audience on the TV show that you're a character of, so fucking deal with it. Yeah. I mean, I went a little meta to get there, but (laughs) worth it. Cordelia also spots Rebecca Lowell, a fictional famous actress that exists only in the Hoydenverse. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) Cool whip. God. (laughs) So while Cordy goes on and on and on about how famous Rebecca Lowell is or something... Angel's vampy, broody senses tingle a bit. And uh, it's a good thing because Rebecca's absolute lack of any kind of spatial awareness has her wandering into the middle of the fucking street and is as useful as a drunken deer in the headlights as this random car, a green freshly painted 76 Nova, by the way, revs its fucking engine just to warn everybody in the area that it's about to peel out, then peels out towards her to run her down with specifically enough distance away that angel can haul ass across the street and tackle her out of the way <laughs> and he's like yes i love working for free god anything to get me out of this conversation <laughs> and leaps into action <laughs> i don't want to share my feelings i don't want to open up i want to find the guy that killed tina and i want to look him in the eye
And he takes a pretty solidly painful looking slam from the car. Good thing he's a vampire. As he shoves her out of the way. Yeah, that was really his only saving grace. Uh, Handy that I'm one of the undead. Yeah, handy that. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Rebecca comes over to thank Angel right away, like you do when you're human and you so, have emotions. After the hit and everything, Angel's like slowly getting off, off up off the ground. First off, everyone runs over to see if Rebecca is okay. Of course. No one even <laughs> looks twice at Angel. The one who actually got hit. Right. Cordy and Wesley run over to him and Cordy's like, oh my God, what was she like? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well... They had such a deep, intimate conversation, <laughs> yes. Cordy. It's going to take all night for him to describe it. Yes. Obviously. But no, she goes over to check on Angel, who just couldn't possibly draw her in more with his wanton abandon of stoicism and an apathetic gaze of daddy issues and teen <laughs> angst that can only be rivaled by Billy Joe Armstrong himself. And more importantly, he has no idea who the fuck she is. <laughs> that is the most important part for her anyway. Which I can imagine if you're like super famous, that would be kind of refreshing. Oh, absolutely. I completely get why she feels that way. She's apparently, we find out later, she's been famous since she was 14. Yeah. Dear God, you wouldn't have any real friends or you'd have no way of knowing. Yeah, that would be awful. That would be awful. Well, I imagine then you just start being friends with only famous people and then you know. Yeah. I don't know. But famous people, ugh. Have you seen <laughs> Bojack Horseman? Sounds awful. <laughs> that being said, if you've acted in a part on Buffy or Angel, we'd like to interview you as a famous person. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> we're not famous, but for some reason we'd like to be. By proxy, at least. We want podcast famous, where there's a good swath of people who know who we are, but only people who are into the very specific thing that we're into. Yeah, I still love my anonymity. I just occasionally yes. want somebody to tackle me because they recognize the logo on my hoodie. One of the reasons I like podcasts, because if we do become big time famous, people aren't really going to know our faces. <laughs> exactly. So as long as we don't talk, we're fine. You've got the perfect face for radio. Oh, <laughs> so Cordelia manages to fish out an Angel Investigations card as Angel yep. proves to everyone just how fucking broody he can be by fucking off in point three shakes of an eyeliner pencil and a pair of skinny jeans. Ninja vanish. <laughs> <laughs> he really does, though. That's like it's pretty impressive if you if you think about the logistics of what he would have had to do with a crowd of people around. Yeah, well, even just with you know. That handful of people that he was talking to. Yeah. Because she looks away for literally like a point three seconds and back up and he's bam, gone. He's like watching her and as soon as she looks away, he's like, run! <laughs> <laughs> Quick, but, hide behind the car. <laughs> but Rebecca watches wistfully as the new love of her life broods around the corner, getting lost in the night. And, you know, I think this is proof that Angel does, in fact, have celerity. Yeah. And he just chooses not to use it in combat situations. He only wants to use it when it's dramatically appropriate. Yes. And <laughs> frankly, I approve. Yes. <laughs> There's no better lifelong running joke. Right. That only he gets. Yes. That's perfect. Especially when you're that old. 
Like, to have just a deeply personal inside joke that no one else understands. Yeah, because if he starts using it during combat, which he clearly doesn't need to, per se, somebody's going to see that and be like, oh, he just has celerity. That's how he gets away like that. No, they just <laughs> think he's just that good. <laughs> no, he's got a vampire superpower. Cordy gives Rebecca the angel investigations card, and we actually finally get a look at it. Oh, right. And it looks like an angel to me. What the fuck were they talking about? It was like, oh, is it a butterfly? <laughs> no, it looks like an angel. I didn't look that closely at it. I paused it and, and took a good look at it. It's it's obviously a fucking angel. And I'll take your word for it. You all should too, because Rex is kind of an artist. A little bit. A little bit. And uh, yeah, my only question is, why the hell couldn't he pull that trick in the theater? Fuck you, Wesley. Right? Me, me. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to next day at Angel Investigations. Yes, yes. Where Cordy is excited for her elbow's fame. Oh, boy. She made the newspaper. <laughs> well, her elbow made the newspaper. Sure. I mean, you know, that's not nothing. But Wesley thinks she's talking about the play. <laughs> oh, my, no. Obviously, it was the run-in with Rebecca Lowell. But Wes can't find her in the picture. You know, that's okay. It'll take some retraining and some getting used to. Because Cordelia now identifies as an elbow. Yes. And you all need to fucking respect that, okay? <laughs> I like that she can identify her elbow in a shitty newspaper picture. This is really the best cheap wine. It really is. If you're going to go cheap, you better get the cheap that's covered up all the rat shit <laughs> with cloves. Because it's amazing. <laughs> it's more than just cloves. I used to but... smoke cloves, and it tastes exactly the same. Why did I ever smoke them? <laughs> I should have just become an alcoholic. Because you were a dumbass. Yeah, well, don't get I me mean, started. I mean, being an alcoholic makes you a dumbass. That's too, also but... a dumbass yeah. move. So, I'm kidding. Don't, anyway. Don't anybody be an alcoholic. However, drinking did help me quit smoking. <laughs> drinking more, anyway. And then you just wane off on the drinking. So. Okay, anyway. On to the show. Along. Angel's a little... Uh, Taken aback that he's not mentioned in the newspaper at all. Uh-huh. Angel's at first like, oh, it's no big deal. I saved someone, whatever, if they mention it in the paper. And Wes is like, no, there's no mention of you. And he's like, what? Oh, how dare they? Do they know who I am? No. And no, no, no they one knows who they are. Because you're not in the paper. <laughs> Otherwise, they might. <laughs> Enter Rachel and some very... Big, kind of scary bodyguards. Yeah, they kind of were. And this is the only time we see them. I was just going to say, it's too bad this was the only time we saw them. But they didn't need any acting bones in their body. They nope. just looked there. They just stood there and looked scary. Yep. Good for them. I wish uh, I could look scary. I've managed it a few times. That's a real talent. You didn't look as scary as them, I promise. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm too small. Right. <laughs> no, she comes in and she's like, can we talk to Angel? Looks over her shoulder at the bodyguards. Stay. Angel looks at Wesley and Cordy. Stay. <laughs> Stay. 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 Good boy. <laughs> and girl. Good job. <laughs> In the office office, first and kind of impressively, uh, Rebecca realizes you're not a, a fan of sunlight, are you? <laughs> oh my no and they actually put effort into making sure there's no like beams of sunlight in the office this time they did a fairly decent job actually 
But no, these two broods are just two broods and a brood together. Gosh darn it. <laughs> two broods and a brood. <laughs> <laughs> Some broody motherfuckers here. She's like, I love the dark too. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, you might want to ixnay on the arc day. I don't know. And this is when she explains that she's been famous since she was 14. It's refreshing that Angel doesn't know who she is. Oh, it's so refreshing. Yeah, she likes the dark, people that don't recognize her, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. Also, she likes Angel because she just wants to curl right up into his spiky yet somehow fluffy overly moosed hair, <laughs> twist off his eyeball lens like a goddamn manhole cover, shimmy down that iris and have a nice long camping trip in his rods and cones while stimulating that optical nerve like it's Christmas at a fucking porn convention. You heard me. What? She wants to get lost in his eyes, all right? <laughs> oh, okay. There. Is that, is, is that more English for you? That was a bit better. That was much more concise. Well, she is lost in his eyes, but that's how she did it. I was just, you know, being a little more descriptive. A little elaborate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she forgot oh, her compass. Okay. She didn't bring she a compass. She a compass. <laughs> So I, that that might have helped. <laughs> there, she wants. Well, more importantly, she wants Christmas a at a fucking porn convention. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a good time to me. Oh, I didn't say it wasn't. It was supposed to sound like a good time. <laughs> anyway, so she wants to hire Angel as her paid protector. Yes, paid. I mean. Ixnay on the A pay. Right. Angel doesn't like getting money that he deserves. <laughs> well, work rendered. Excuse me. You need to go. I got things to say about that. But uh, first, she has this stalker, and he has all this information about her, and she produces letters that he's written her in blood. Fake blood. Yeah, fake blood, as uh, Angel's like, no, that ain't blood. <laughs> I know blood and that ain't blood You think that's blood lady? I'll show you some fucking blood It's down in my refrigerator <laughs> And oh, he does Oh you don't know Eventually. I'm a vampire yet Well it's problematic <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway he doesn't think she needs his help And she should just go to the police Her case isn't broody enough for him <laughs> He needs demons and ghosts and real blood, goddammit. But more importantly, she wants to pay him, and, and he wants none of that. And people who can't afford to pay him properly for his services because you can't brood when you can <laughs> afford shit. Exactly. <laughs> Cordy, you just don't understand how late we must be with these bills. <laughs> it keeps me unhappy. I can't stand to being late on my bills. That look of disappointment <laughs> from the landlord, it just keeps me going. <laughs> so broody. <laughs> That's kind of what this episode is all about, mind you. God, it really is. Quote of the day here, Angel says, I'm sorry, but I can't take your case. Cordy through the window. <laughs> Are you insane? <laughs> Clearly had her ear directly to the door this whole time, like with a glass or something to amplify the vibrations because he was not speaking loudly. No, he was not. A person needs certain designer things. 
trying to eat my friend's brains. My friend's brains. Hey, you're a vampire. But he turns down the job, immediately cut to after Rebecca and Big Bruisers have left. <laughs> yes. Cordy is ripping Angel open about turning down the case. A solid three minutes of Cordelia yelling at Angel for being dumb. Yeah. And you know what? She's kind of right. Oh, you do have bills to pay, Angel. A little bit. She's definitely a little bit right. But Wesley's bro bond with Angel is pretty impressive. Yeah. He understands that Angel likes Rebecca too much. And that would not only compromise Angel's ability to work her case without bias, but also puts him at risk for becoming Angelus again. Yeah, and uh, we don't want that. No. We don't want that at all. Yeah, I think that's his main concern, really. Yeah. But also, God damn it, Cordelia, don't you see? My job depends on how broody I am. <laughs> yeah. And so Wesley suggests they find someone else to help Rebecca... Since this might not be the right case for Angel, but she still needs help. Cordy fakes a vision. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes, she does. Very badly. In pure Cordy can't act fashion. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No Oscar for you. If she had only been willing to throw herself on the floor. <laughs> that, right? That have sold it. Yeah. If she like clutched her head and was like, ah, and like threw herself down. Yeah. They would have been like, holy shit. If she hadn't done the shut your eyes tight and the one eye open, are they, <laughs> yeah. are they believing me? Are they watching? Are, are they still looking? <laughs> if she hadn't done that, it might have bought it. Proof that the number one thing you need to achieve any sort of fake anything is just confidence that you're pulling it off no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say cheese for some reason. I don't know why. Also, cheese doesn't hurt. Also, I mean, cheese. I like cheese. Cheese is pretty good. Yeah. I wish I had some cheese to go with this rat shit. I mean wine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, classic Whedon transition. Whedon transition into the next scene. Cordy says, just knowing a star makes your life better. I'd do anything to live in her world. Smash cut to a pool during the day. Rebecca getting her eyebrows waxed. Rip. Ah! And her waxer telling her all about how she has to be proactive about degradation, she calls it. Yeah. Instead of aging, and that's creepy. Yeah. Hmm. I'd fire that woman. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's L.A. <laughs> it's L.A. What's, what's the quote? Don't worry about it, boss. It's Chinatown. Something like that. I don't know what it's, you're quoting. It's at from all. the movie Chinatown. Oh, <laughs> and that's the final line in the movie. Something about China. I've seen Chinatown. How do I not know that? I don't know. It's been a while. Anyway, insert Chinatown quote here, but swap yes. out L.A. for it. <laughs> so now let's all have a big old pity party for the insanely gorgeous, rich and famous young white lady <laughs> with all the shallow, influential friends. But not a soul to actually care for her. <laughs> no, I made myself sad. Well, shit. No, not really. I'm way no. more callous than that. <laughs> she just needs to go cry into her money. <laughs> yeah, go swim in your Scrooge McDuck pit. Right. Christ. Yeah, anyway. sell off one acre of your house. <laughs> <laughs> Only one acre. 
You still got the rest. <laughs> yes. That doesn't even cut out the pool. No. <laughs> You'll be... I mean specifically the house, not the yard. <laughs> Just rent it out to some poor immigrants and <laughs> Just write it off on your taxes. Oh, anyway, yeah, it's it's supposed to, like, sort of portray that her life isn't as great as Cordy thinks it would be. Yeah. But I honestly, it's like, what? I had a party and everyone left at the end and nobody's there passed out drunk? Oh, thank that? God. Now I can watch Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's really very few problems that I can think of that can't be solved by money. Very, yeah. very few. It is a thing where if you think your problems can't be solved by money... You're probably wrong. You probably have money. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Especially that. So anyway, after a sad panda party montage, now she's skulking around her house when she starts to feel her blood sugar drop just a wee bit. Just a wee bit. And she, <laughs> she starts to wonder if that fucking Kool-Aid delivery is ever going to get here. Good news, Rebecca. Good news. Here he comes to save the day. <laughs> As luckily, Angel is on the job. Saving people from California fad diets and ninjas. Now for, well, okay. Ninjas. This is the first time, really, but, you know, one more shot on the resume. <laughs> Wait a second now here. You knew where I was going with the low blood sugar thing? No. <laughs> I was like, wait, Rex doesn't yes and. <laughs> I didn't at all. <laughs> you did, though. I knew. I knew. Oh, you didn't know where I was going. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with it. But I had a good guess that it was going to be Kool-Aid. You knew there was a Kool-Aid man thing <laughs> yeah. coming. Okay. So the Kool-Aid man beats the shit out of a ninja. <laughs> he doesn't even need to dress up as the Kool-Aid man for a, for Halloween. No. He just is the Kool-Aid man. But the ninja gets away because he, he tips a, a shelf over on top of Angel. And uh, <laughs> as we know, wood is their kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, trees! Ah. Luckily for Angel, it was trees in the form of boards. At least this one smells like very nice varnish. <laughs> he fights the ninja who scurries off into the night, and he had every opportunity he needed to do whatever he wanted to little old Rebecca there, but yeah. just winged right past her. I guess he knew Angel would be up from the bookcase any moment now right. and probably couldn't take him. But so anyway, he fucks off. Angel crawls out from under the bookshelf, regardless of how comfy it may have been. He doesn't deserve nice things. Remember that. Right. So they, they Nor both. Nor does he want them. Clearly. <laughs> and so him and Rebecca both take a short vacation from life in each other's eyes once again. Yes. And then she notices... Her gargantuan wall-sized mirror, which is larger than the entirety of Rex's apartment. Oh, come on. <laughs> Not quite. Hey, they don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and the angel, in fact, has no reflection. None. Zero reflexiones. So anyway, oops, big mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, she is somehow not panicked by this at all. No. 
She seems quite okay. In the point three seconds that she is not making eye contact with him, Angel fucks off into Celerity Land. It's really handy that he doesn't have a <laughs> reflection because she can't see him quickly slink away up her stairs because that's where he went to hide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Luckily, you, you don't get that extra peripheral cue yeah. that he's fucking off because no reflection. I mean, that's actually a it's a technique of spies to use reflections to see if people are tailing you Mm -hmm. and because there's reflections fucking everywhere and you you can usually if you know where to look see behind you quite easily Hmm. especially if you're downtown it's a pretty standard tradecraft thing i believe it (laughs) what's that fucking kids toy commercial there's nothing we could do boss they have spy tech (laughs) i don't remember that at all (laughs) he had this little fucking Mirror on a stick (laughs) as part of the kit. Anyway. I had one of those as a kid. (laughs) Not one of those toys, but an actual mirror on a stick. Right. I had a thing thing for spies and spy movies. Well, that's already better than spy tech then. Oh, yeah. It was literally just like walkie-talkies, a fedora, some sunglasses, and a mirror on a stick. I have to look (laughs) it up. I don't know. So (laughs) it's great marketing, though. It's a really fun commercial if you're fucking seven years old. Oh, yeah. I don't see Angel putting on tights. Oh, now I do, and it's really disturbing. Protecting young women such as yourself? Oh, yeah, there's been uh, four. And three of them are very much alive. Um, can I just say how fucking useless Rebecca's bodyguards are here? Because right. they can't even come into the room when they hear a goddamn window crash and a bookcase fall over. After Angel leaves, they're banging on the door, and he's like, Hey, are you okay? Bang, 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 bang. I'm gonna call the police! Like, what the fuck? It's fucked. It's it's so stupid. If she's dead, she's she's not okay, and she sure as hell isn't gonna answer you. And also, she was just having a party in that room. Yeah. You couldn't open the door into the party area? It wasn't like she was in the fucking bathroom. Right. Come on. Come on. Whatever. So later at Rebecca's house, as the police are reviewing the crime scene, Oliver, the manager, implores Rebecca to play it safe and have somebody in the house with her this evening. She's like, nah, bro, it's cool. Because, you know, like, the LAPD are, like, totally on the front law. Like, you guys. <laughs> there's, there's so much bacon out here. <laughs> I'm like salivating. Oh shit! Shaggy turns into a cannibal. That's too much pot, Shaggy. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> you're hallucinating. <laughs> I can't actually talk. <laughs> I'm a fucking dog. <laughs> That's totally my head cannon. Like by you the guys, way. Scooby's totally talking to me again. <laughs> Shut up, Shaggy. (laughs) I don't remember exactly why, but in this scene with Oliver, I put in parentheses, I think he's the bad guy. (laughs) I mean, you're kind of not wrong. I can't remember what it was in this scene that tipped me off that made me go, oh, I think he's the bad guy. But something about his, this scene. It was that hug. It was too creepy. And he was like, I love you, kiddo. Yeah. Blah. I just threw up in my mouth a little. Yeah. So that's what it was. But she's like, no, I would rather just be alone tonight. I love you. But he's 
Yeah. I'm like moving on from that creepiness. Slow your roll, creepwad. Anyway, whatever. The popo are camped out front on the lawn. She'll be fine. And she's not wrong. She's like, he's no. not coming back tonight. I'm like, no, he's he's fucking not. No. Probably. Even if he was a real stalker. He oh, wasn't. yeah. Coming from the assumption that he's a real stalker. Yeah. He's not coming he, back. That would him. be the stupidest fucking thing ever. Absolutely. So, cut to the back hallway of her house. Yeah, where she knows Angel is there. Yeah, where she's hiding. She just senses his broodiness. <laughs> God damn it. Angel. I feel your broodiness. Because <laughs> this is, uh, now she's just hiding her dirty new imaginary sex toy <laughs> in the back hallway. Because it's Angel the Masturbating <laughs> Vampire. She just uh, likes to watch. Oh <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's not what you think. She's like, I think you're a vampire. Well, shit. Okay. It might be what you think. Maybe it's just a little what you think. <laughs> Just a little. So he's like, okay, I'm a vampire. And her response is, there's a support group for everything in this town, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I also had a quote of the day here. Rebecca says, in response to thinking he's a vampire, which is impossible. Bella Lugosi, Gary Oldman, they're vampires. <laughs> Angel responds, Frank Langella was the only performance I believed, but I yeah. like that he's watched all the vampire movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, how else is he going to be really mad about the tropes? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But apparently, she's into older men because she doesn't really <laughs> want to be alone. Much older men. <laughs> Much older. Because she doesn't really want to be alone tonight. Well, of course you don't. You've met Angel. No one wants to be alone after you've met Angel. Get you some. <laughs> Goddamn. Don't you know how fucking... Broody, that man bones. I don't know. Could you <laughs> no. tell us? Buffy, only Buffy. Yeah. Even knows. We don't know. Well, yeah. okay. Probably Drusilla knows. And Darla. I bet you Spike knows. <laughs> Dirty bugger. Every now and then you just gotta bugger a bro, huh? Right in the bum. I bet they have. All right, moving on. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, moving on. All right. <laughs> so, next day at Angel Investigations... You dirty bum lookers. Cordy is just aghast that Angel stayed the night. She's very worried, because they have the case now. Angel called Wesley early in the morning. Uh, she's so incredulous. My God. Cordelia can smell the sex fumes on Angel's dick from literal miles away. Yeah. And I don't think they even boned. No, they did not. No. I don't think for a second that they did. But... Oh boy, she still was just like, <laughs> he's got a crush. <laughs> I think he's banging her. She wants him. <laughs> <laughs> and now suddenly, Cordelia's not so nonchalant about Angel getting too happy being close to Rebecca. Yeah. As opposed to previously when she's like, what the fuck you moron? A couple of lines here. Wesley's basically talking about, it would have to be true happiness. That doesn't fucking happen. It's so rare. Angel's moment of true happiness occurred when he was with Buffy. Do you realize how rare that is? True happiness? Wav. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Wav. <laughs> what are the odds that he'd find it with an actress? <laughs> Cordy's response is, what's that supposed to mean? I was, uh... 
I meant a TV actress. Which is a great cover, Wesley. <laughs> but gosh, Cordy, let me tell you what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> it means, and what are the odds that he'll find that with an actress? Because all show folk are psycho crazy people deal with it. <laughs> yes, you too, Cordelia. Yes, you too. Fucking dude, so many people in the theater world have this rule. It's called don't date actors. Because <laughs> they all know that they're they all know. crazy. <laughs> well, also, it's such a small community anywhere you go. Right. It's just don't do it. <laughs> it's like dating at work. It's literally dating at work. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, for anybody who's gotten into theater to meet women or men, <laughs> significant others, whatever, it's not going to work out well for you. No. You know, unless you didn't care about staying in theater. Do I sound like I'm speaking from experience? Because I might be speaking from experience. <laughs> he might be speaking from experience. What? Yeah. I you know knew what? you were going to be able to talk a ton about your fucking acting. Your, your, I guess we could call it an acting career. Sure. Well, kind of. Tenure in Tenure. amongst there you the theatre community. <laughs> <sighs> Communitois, if you will. Anyway, Cordy decides, you know what? <laughs> She's going to go fucking check up on Angel and make sure that he didn't get laid. Yeah. Which, hold on, though. If her fear is that he got laid and that he's Angelus, why is she going to see him? Well, she has a responsibility to planet Earth. So, you know, she, she thinks ahead. She thinks of I that. Suppose. But the question is... Who will save Rebecca from Cordelia? <laughs> Who? Nobody. No one. <laughs> Even Angel would be like, no, fuck that. Once you've I'm contracted a case of Cordelia, <laughs> there's nothing that can get rid of a case of Cordelia. Yeah, and Angel knows that because... Except for maybe a case of Xander. <laughs> but then in the end, <laughs> you have a case of Xander. Or maybe a case of death. Because, you know, that's how... Doyle got rid of her. <laughs> oh, God. Or, she, or she got rid of Doyle. I don't know. Oh, no. The character, not the actor. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Judging by your uncomfortableness, I would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor. Well, see, the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and Cut to Rebecca's house. First off, couple of questions here. One, okay, I can accept that Cordy knows where Rebecca lives. Sure. But explain to me how in the fuck when Rebecca had a goddamn stalker break in and there's supposed to be police all over the place, how did Cordy get to the door? The back door mind you yeah because we see her pool and a big yard it's not like there's other houses in a street that's the backyard yeah i think the police would have arrested her or something i had the exact same issue and the only explanation i can think of is that nobody was watching the house because she's not home at the moment and okay yeah i guess but damn that's ballsy it is <laughs> yeah but She's knocking on the door and Angel comes downstairs and she enters in because the door was unlocked. Yeah. Because he couldn't go unlock it. He can't get that fucking close to the door because it's filled with sunlight. <laughs> 
And he's like, hey, you're here, as if he had invited her or something. Right? It was a weird <laughs> reading on the line. And you have a cross. <laughs> Boy Scout Cordelia is <laughs> always prepared. Always prepared. With coffee in case things are okay. And a cross in case shit hit the fan. Very yeah. nice. I like her line, though. Well, judging by the outfit, I guess it's safe to come in. Evil Angel would never have worn those pants. <laughs> yes. Anyway, the point is, Rebecca's off at lunch. Not brunch. Lunch. Because she's been up it's that It's actually long. lunch. It's actually lunch. And left Angel there to rummage through her things, because that's just what you do when somebody leaves you in their house. Right? Am I right or am I right? I played the fifth. I've rummaged through everything here. <laughs> so... <laughs> no, that's not true at all. There's not really much to rummage through. Yeah, I know what like... you own and I don't care, <laughs> frankly. So anyway, she left. You watched me pack most of the shit up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so she left Angel there alone because he told her he's a vampire and can't go out during the daytime. <laughs> Quote of the day here. Angel's talking to Cordelia. I really told her. Wow. So... Do you think she'd still set me up with her manager? <laughs> and then we get a great smash transition here. It really doesn't even matter what they show in these transitions anymore. It's just like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> I love these transitions. They make for good comedic timing sometimes, like now. <laughs> I made fun of them at first, but I really like them now. They're very punchy. They're punchy. Yeah, yeah. punchy's the right word. Yeah, bam. So cut to lunch where... Oliver's being really nice, and immediately Rebecca suspects that the show got canceled. And she's not wrong. She's not wrong. But Oliver lies and says that the show is only post postponed. You lying bitch! And more importantly, while the show is postponed, they want you to come in and do a reading. You know, just read for a What? I am a famous person. I don't read for I a part. do not read. You know I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Even Jim Carrey, when he auditioned for the fucking role of Andy Kaufman, had to do an audition video. Well, okay, to be fair, he also got uppity when his fucking agent told him well they're not just gonna give it to you because you're jim carrey right you still have to audition for it and even jim carrey well after the fact anyway 20, yeah. 20 years later in the what's it called jim and me or me and jim or jim and andy jim and andy yeah. or andy and jim i don't know the uh it's a netflix special about the making of the man on the moon yes and he explains that he was like oh man it's been so long since i've actually had to audition for something but then he fucking nailed it yeah. And he got the role. So anyway, that's a tangent. Yeah. Moving <laughs> along. So we cut to Rachel's house where Rachel, I keep saying that we cut to Rebecca's Rebecca. house where Rebecca's on the treadmill and Hey, wait a second. Didn't she wake up at dawn before dawn to exercise? And now she's back on the treadmill again. Oh, that is not healthy that's behavior. Anorexia guys. While she's running on the treadmill, she's whining to Angel that she hasn't had to read a, for a part in years. She even calls out her own first world problems nonsense. Yeah. She's like, I know, rich little white girl whining. And I'm like, yeah, go on. We get a, a very kind of out of character uh, moment here with Angel because he like picks up the, the tabloids and he's like, these all seem to think you're amazing. And she says... Well, according to those, I've slept with Ernest Bornine and I'm bulimic. And Angel replies with, well, I hear Bornine's a varied skilled lover. 
<laughs> and it like it completely threw me off and I'm like I really don't think that's what Angel would say. He's uh he's very supportive in kind of an unnatural way when he's into someone. Yeah. And I can't say that's not something that a lot of guys do. I suppose. You know? Anyway, all the the only other thing that really happens that's important in this scene is the housekeeper delivers a suit to Rebecca. It's for Angel. Can't go to a viewing without her new bodyguard. Yes, it's a 44 long. Yeah, she guesses his I'm, size. I'm not even sure what a 44 long means. I don't know either. There's no way that he has a 44 pant size. No, that's definitely not the The man is in way too good of shape for that. It's not the inseam, definitely. Weird. Huh. Whatever. Something to do with suit sizes, I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, it, cut to the viewing or whatever it was. It's a premiere. A premiere. Yeah. Where Rebecca and Angel step out of the limo. The important thing is here, some shifty looking fuck twat in the crowd pulls his coat back. We see a gun and he goes to kind of follow them into the premiere. Cut to a back alley. Which they didn't go into the premiere. They go into a back alley because I don't go to watch the movies. You know, I don't watch the premieres. Ugh. And it bothers me that Angel is only just now learning of this plan that they weren't actually watching the premiere. Right. Maybe you should tell your bodyguard these things, your main bodyguard. But the dude's up on a fucking catwalk and pulls a gun. Oh, no. Points down at him and Angel pulls his angel bullshit and he's up on the catwalk. Quick. Super quick. Vampire celerity is his way up there. Not so much celerity so much as super vampire jump power. Yeah. And he fucks the guy up right in his face. The dude manages to get off quite a few shots and then they kind of struggle. And all I'm thinking is, Angel, he's human. Like, <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard How to is this down. that difficult? Regardless, <laughs> irregardless, Angel promptly, <sighs> Angel promptly pries open this man's asshole like a can of beans in a back alley oil drum fire. <laughs> steps inside and casually closes that man's ass door behind him. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't even need the Snickers. (laughs) He just was in there and like, well, (sighs) this job's done. Next. Man, that was easy. (laughs) (laughs) So once the man's been pummeled unconscious, Angel goes into overtime here and this is where he makes his big bucks, okay? Coddling and consoling the client. Like you do when you've got a huge crush on them. Seems like you should have started, I don't know, searching the body for ID or something. You know, the unconscious body. He's not dead. Well, we cut to the... the... I mean, I don't know. Hog time? (laughs) Right. What if he wakes up? What if he runs away? Yeah. He's not going to stay unconscious forever. I think Angel could hear his heartbeat probably or something like that. He is super vampire hearing. Yeah, he's not going to wake up and be running anytime soon. Yeah. Not when you get knocked. That man's got to go to the hospital. Yeah, not when you get knocked <laughs> the fuck out like that. So anyway, cut immediately after to when all the cops are around, Angel's making his report to the police. They're making him repeat himself like they do. A lot. Yeah, it's really obnoxious. I, As a security guard, I've had to give lots of reports to the police, and mm-hmm. it is fucking obnoxious because they're constantly like, well, one more time. One time I had to give it four fucking times to four different goddamn officers, fucking and it was Christ. obnoxious. Because they want to see if your story changes at all. Yeah. So Oliver shows up as soon as he heard, but uh, by now, Rebecca has put two and two together that Oliver is the fucknut behind all this stalker nonsense. And he just admits it. He's like, yeah, 
I thought the publicity would be good for your career. Josh, it's literally a publicity stunt. Yeah? It's a stunt. He hired a stuntman <laughs> for the publicity stunt. Uh-huh. I always just... That's what I think of anyway when I think of a publicity stunt. But, like, when I, when you hear about a publicity stunt or anything, you just think, oh, it, you know, people making it out to be something that it isn't or something along those yeah, lines. It's no, more not dr- like... It's more drama-based right. than... Actual action-based. Yeah, this is action-based. Which is neat. Now he can put, that dude can put on his resume that he's a publicity stuntman. And that he got the shit kicked out of him for it. (laughs) Yes. He should also probably still go to jail because you can't be pulling guns on people in alleyways just because someone paid you to. I don't care if it's blanks or not. Right. So Rebecca's talking to Oliver. She's like, I don't pay you to love me. And he says, no. You get that for free. Oh, God. Again with the creepy. Yeah. So uh, she didn't get the part that she wanted, and she didn't even read for it yet. Like, all right, whatever. But she needs to start accepting that nobody stays young forever. And she almost almost lets her age slip, and he's like, zip it. By the way, I looked it up. The actress, when this aired, was 32. You know, I was going to say, I don't think she's in her 20s here. They never, they always cast older in these shows, in this show, and Buffy. Let me just say, she's fucking gorgeous. Oh, God, yes. And, like, there's no, like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, like, she was probably about to say 29. Right. And, yeah, she can pass for 29 at 32. Definitely not 24. No, God, no. But they were obviously hiding her age. Anyway, she didn't get the part. Needs to accept that she that nobody stays young forever unless as she eyeballs Angel talking to the police. Yeah. Now we know why she wasn't so afraid of vampires. Right? Whew, finally. Twenty-three <laughs> minutes into the fucking episode. And finally, I see where this goddamn plot is going. Yeah. In any way that actually feels like an episode of Angel and not some (laughs) inane plot of a random procedural crime drama. Woo! All right, let's get on with this fucking show. So, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Even a solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your mail and newspaper. To the office office. Office office. Duh! Office office. <laughs> that one I'll get behind. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> well, we have to say it together then. Duh! Duh! Office, office office. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, Angel doesn't know how to inform Rebecca that the gunshots were in fact not real, and I have an idea for that. <gasps> Tell, Tell her, her the truth! truth! <laughs> See, we both wrote the exact same thing. So, <laughs> no angel it does not depend on what's going to fucking bother her more it depends on what is the truth yeah the fucking angle on this he's like worried that she might be upset that it's actually not a stalker because you know that might damage her fucking ego actresses <laughs> uh, anyway that's exactly that's actually pretty much exactly what they do i uh, yeah exactly Cut to a street sidewalk during the day. 
time. Rebecca has invited Cordy out to go shopping with her. Right. And uh, I did a double take. I was like, wait, is that Cordy walking with Rebecca? Cordy's just, she's being a fangirl. Oh, she's (laughs) hardcore starstruck right now. And it's hilarious. Major kudos to Charisma Carpenter here because like this feels so outrageously authentic to me. (laughs) It does. Like she... She is trying to be calm and accept that, ooh, she gets to be out with this movie star. But every now and then she's like, oh, my God, I'm with a movie star. Yeah. Well, let's just say Rebecca really does know how to play the game here. Yeah. She's got Cordelia wrapped around her goddamn little finger and she knows it. And she's asking very probing questions. Yeah. About Angel. She's just using her to get to Angel. But, I mean, at least she's being transparent about it. Like, Cordelia kind of should have picked up on this. And she does. Yeah. A little after the fact, but she does. Um, Her... That doesn't degrade her enjoyment of the situation. No. Uh, Rebecca's excuse is that she wants to get Angel a thank you gift. Cordy's response, I I wrote down, I loved the line, says, He's impossible to buy for. What on (laughs) earth does he need? More socks? Yes, that was one of mine, too. (laughs) I loved it. So, also, Rebecca wants to know Angel's story. Smash transition to nighttime at Angel's apartment. And, uh, yeah, so after all that and a full day with Cordelia. Yeah. She just says, fuck it, and goes with the classic move that kills two birds with one stone. Booze! Just get him fucked up on champagne! And drugs. And drugs. (laughs) In a moment, in a moment. And she's like... Have you ever done that thing where you lock arms and drink champagne and Angel, like an excited puppy, it's just like, bam, sitting right next to her and they do it and it's cute. And then she very obviously just flings champagne onto his shirt. It's not subtle. Yeah. It's like, come on. I thought she was a better fucking actor than that. I know, right? (laughs) She might as well have been like. Why don't we just get this shirt off of you? You don't right. need this. You you're so much prettier with your shirt off. Why do you why do you need these? She's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very pretty man. <laughs> she takes the opportunity while he's changing shirts and definitely makes a point to take his shirt off just before he's out of view. <laughs> that was a ballsy move right there. I it's not a ballsy move, man. It's just confident, at least. He knows what he's doing. It's not like a power move or anything. It's just like, I don't give a fuck. You want to see this? Everybody wants to see this. He knows. Mm -hmm. That's just common knowledge. God damn. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she takes this opportunity to pour some shit into his drink. Yeah. And smartly adds some champagne on top of it. Because I was like, well, great. Now his champagne's a completely different color than yours. Right. Uh, (laughs) And extra bubbly. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good cover, too. Just, okay, you're filling it while he's on his way back out. Now they're both fizzy. And I never would have thought twice about it. She's really good at drugging men. Isn't that a great skill to have? (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, don't do that. She's a little too good at it, though. That's my problem. Like, this doesn't feel like something she's just pulling out on a whim. Yeah, guys, just don't drug anybody. It's not yeah. cool. Alrighty. Drugs are bad, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you drug people, you're gonna have a bad time. Especially when they turn into an undead terror. Which, <laughs> it's funny you should mention that, Rex. <laughs> 
<laughs> did you know that only moments later in this episode... I did know that. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Oh my god! What a crazy random happenstance. <laughs> Real quick though, we go. To, we cut to Cordy's, where Wesley has just shown up, and Cordy's freaking out. She's freaking out, man. George is getting angry because <laughs> Wesley's at the door at Cordelia's apartment, and uh, Cordelia, who's learned from her past mistakes and decided <laughs> to have conversations about problems with Angel. You know, not where Angel lives and works. <laughs> right. Has invited Wesley over. Anyway, so it turns out Rebecca may or may not have been grilling Cordy on exactly how one might become a vampire. Yeah. So two lines of Cordelia's here completely sum up the entire episode now. Questions like, oh, you know, where does Angel hail from? What's his favorite color? What kind of aftershave he wears? The exact specific details on how someone could make themselves into a vampire. Wesley responds, surely you don't think. What, that she'd try to maneuver Angel to an exchange of bodily fluids in order to make herself eternally young and beautiful, thus saving her failing career? Gee, now that you mention it. <laughs> it's a long line. I had to speed it up. It's good, though. Thank you. I approve. <laughs> Cut to Angel's where that exact thing is happening. Right? <laughs> yeah, she was spot on. Rebecca's getting pretty cozy with old Angel. <laughs> It's slightly funny to me because like she's she's doing it better than I'm about to make it sound, but it really comes off as hey, hey, you see this? You see my neck right here? Do you want to huh? bite huh? it? Do, Do you, you want to bite it? Do you? It's like when <laughs> Buffy's teasing Spike in the bathtub. <laughs> Supple throbbing jugular vein right here. Huh? Does that sound good to you <laughs> and at that moment i knew buffy and spike were gonna do it <laughs> in about two or three seasons right <laughs> less actually anyway moving on so she's trying to get angel to bite her and he starts to realize what she fucking wants and he starts to lecture her about how she doesn't really see the truth of what's going on how her own perspective of herself and her worldview and everything is all fucked up. Yeah, lots of good lines here. Angel freaks out. And oh boy, everybody. Do you know what it's fucking time for, Rex? What time is it, Josh? It's time for a goddamn dramatic reading, everybody. <laughs> we haven't done one of these in a long time. It's been so long. I know. Starting with Rebecca, as if you needed an announcement for that. <laughs> she says, do it. We won't have to be lonely. Either one of us ever again. <laughs> You're wrong. You don't know what it is you're asking me to do. <laughs> of course I know I'm not a fool. There is a price. I understand that. You couldn't possibly understand. I wasn't afraid, was I? When I looked in the mirror and you weren't there, I didn't scream. I didn't run. I understood. <laughs> no, you weren't afraid. You looked into that mirror and all you saw was yourself. That's all you ever see, Rebecca. And that's what really frightens you. <laughs> this isn't about the way the studio, the network, or the fans see you. It's about how you see yourself. Your own reflection. 
has been corrupted into something unrecognizable. <laughs> you think you want to stay the same? What you really want is to make it disappear. You're supposed to help people. Help me. You want me to help? You? Fine. And from there, it gets a little dark and kind of cringy. Yeah, so Angel grabs a hold of her, drags her over to his fridge, where he pulls out a blood bag, <laughs> sprays it in her face. Yeah, like squirts it directly yeah. into her mouth. And he's like, here, do you want a taste of this? <laughs> blood tastes good. Glub, glub, glub. But no, Angel steps back and he starts to realize. Hey, Rebecca, you look like you're full of blood. <laughs> she is now. <laughs> now she is. <laughs> so Angel steps back and realizes what he has done with her and that he's kind of crossed the line. And he's like, wait, this isn't how I am normally. Yeah, that's not okay. This is a bit more angry than broody. <laughs> I'm supposed to mostly just be sad. Yeah. Maybe something is wrong with me. Yeah, it might not just be the booze. No. Uh-oh. What did you do to me? Yep. He realizes that she has drugged him. It's just a little happy pill. What kind of pill? You know, a happy pill. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then they hug each other, and Angel gets a little bit nibbly. Nibbly. <laughs> We're going to call him Nibbler from now on. And then, hello, Angelus. It's been a minute. It's been a while. I missed you. Yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Angelus showing back up is just fantastic. I love this choice. I don't love how they got there, but I don't even give a shit. We're going to get to that later anyway. I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime, ever. Should you continue to harass our client, we'll be forced to bring that in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. The place I'm told is not all that healthy for you. He starts taunting her and just doing what Angelus does best, and that is scaring the fucking bejesus out of her. Yes. Whenever David Boreanaz plays Angelus, it is just the most properly convincing animated that we ever get to see David Boreanaz. Just so much amazing shit coming from him yeah. as he expertly fucks with Rebecca. I mean, the writing is great, but writing will only get you so far. I never feel like he's that good of an actor. And then I watch him play Angelus and I'm like, damn, nailed it. He is the perfect epitome of a psychopath playing with his food. Right. Yeah. And joyously playing with his fucking food. Absolutely. <laughs> There's just so much great shit going on here. We can't really yeah. explain the whole scene to you, but uh, my favorite line in this scene where he's chasing her around the room before she escapes is Rebecca says, this isn't you. Angel responds, they always mistake me for the character I play. They never see the real me. 
And that's like pretty spot on delivery too. Like the tone, and like he's very over the top. Like as that. he was delivering the line, I mid line realized, oh, he's mocking her. That's delicious. Yeah. My line from this scene that I loved was, he's like, in all my years, I never killed a famous person before, but with no witnesses, who's going to believe me? (laughs) I know. Maybe we'll get a picture or I'll go the old fashioned way and put your head on a stick. A stick? A pike. Okay. Well, (laughs) as long as we're getting the terminology right, that's what's really important here. But the unfortunate side effect of playing with one's food and sometimes... One's food gets away. Yeah. And she gets away. She gets into the elevator and manages to close the gate. And... You gotta hobble it first, man. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> what are you doing? She gets in the elevator and then we cut to the office office. Mm, yeah, where Wes and Cordelia intercept her straight away. Important plot point here. She fails to stop the elevator right away because it is a manual elevator that you have to stop on time to be at the right spot on uh-huh. the floor. So she ends up having to crawl out. It's way up high. There was a big white flash when Angel slammed into the the gates. Yeah. I, were they trying to like establish with some shitty effects that he shorted it out or something? No, no. They it, that that was a cut. It was just a cut because you didn't actually see her ride the elevator the whole way. They cut to her being up where she was. So and is it, was it, a, it was a bit or abrupt. is it down? Okay. So Angel, Angel, because Angel's apartment is in the basement and the office is above it. Yeah. So see, that doesn't make any sense to me because, yeah, they whenever they go into the apartment, they're coming down the elevator. Yep. But when she gets up there, the elevator's only half there, but well, the lower half is open. Right. So the, the reason being is these kind of old ass elevators you had to stop manually. Okay. So if you didn't stop it manually at the right spot, then it would keep going up. And so she manages to stop it late so that she has to crawl out of the elevator and there's this huge fucking gap where it would have been had she understood how to fucking operate the damn thing. Yeah. But, you know, she's an actor, not an elevator operator. (laughs) Okay. I I will accept that explanation. Yeah. So Wesley Wesley grabs a hold of her and Cordy's there and Cordy's like, you slut. <laughs> you slept with him, didn't you? Yeah. And she's like, no, no, I didn't do anything like that. And Well, you must have done something. Well, I may have given him something to help loosen him up. Now he's, Cordy says, loose. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's a good line. Then Angelus cuts the power. He does. Yeah. But... Wesley squeezes out of her what exactly she gave him. Yeah. She's like, eh, Doximal. And he's like, what? The drug that causes pure synthetic bliss? <laughs> oh, shit. So now they're pretty sure that he's gone synthetically Euphoria evil. Euphoria and bliss. Do you know what happens when he gets happy? Not good things. I just want to know why in the hell in the grilling that she did with Cordy, did it not get brought up that he is a vampire with a soul? They always gloss over that, like with Kate. Yeah. That's really pissing me off. Like, like, that is important information. Yeah. It's like, what is it that makes 
Angel special. And that's he has a soul. And that's why I think that the show suffers from sitcom issues. Yeah. Problems. Disease sitcom disease. Yeah. Where characters are not fucking communicating important facts that they would fucking communicate. Yeah, the plot is purely derived from simple misunderstandings. Yep. Like dumb misunderstandings that shouldn't be happening. Immediately, if someone finds out that Angel is a vampire, he should look at them and go, yes, I'm a vampire. However, I was cursed to have a soul. So while I am a vampire, I am not a blood-sucking evil fiend. Like every other vampire that exists, except for this one in Sunnydale, but we will ignore him for now. You should just carry around pamphlets. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Nice to meet you. Here's my pamphlet. <laughs> so, um... Hey, 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 Josh. Yes, Rex? Hey, bro, you want this pamphlet? Bro, sure. Oh, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> so, so the lights go out. Angel expertly right out of chapter 16 article 12 of the villain handbook pulls a classic entrance yeah you might as well have been slow clapping right <laughs> west tries that's the next paragraph though oh uh, yeah you. i didn't write down what he said he's like oh some looks like someone turned off the lights better pay your bills or some shit i don't know you don't even really need to know exactly what Angel says throughout this entire fucking scene. But let me tell you, there is nobody who taunts better than Angelus. It's quite good. Because Wesley's trying to talk him down. He's like, these feelings you're having, they're only from the drugs. It's simply chemical suggestion. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's kind of what consciousness yeah. is. So, you know. But Angel promptly starts fucking with Wesley's head slightly. You don't really have an inferiority complex. <laughs> You're just simply inferior. Then ragdolls him across the room. Yeah. Into unconsciousness. Very easily. So Wesley's got some brain damage now. A little bit. What are you going to do? Only a little bit. Huh. He only forgot like three books. It's fine. Nah, he didn't need a minute. <laughs> Cordelia shakes her water bottle like it's holy water in oh. Angel's face. Oh, Dude, I love this bit. Cordy bluffs him out so fucking perfectly. Very well, very well. She's like, oh, you don't think I've prepared for this? I didn't even write down what she fucking said, but she gives this very elaborate story about how they bring water in and it gets blessed by this fucking dude. Father Mackenzie comes every Tuesday yeah. while you're sleeping and blesses all my drinking water, motherfucker. Yeah. She's managing to fucking bluff him. He buys it, as he well should have, because she pulled it off. She throws the water on him. For a second, I almost believed it, too. Oh, I thought it was <laughs> going to burn the shit out of him, man. But no, it doesn't. He would have deserved it, because he just got done dogging on her acting ability. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, there's no way Angelus could have gotten this if it weren't really kind of coming from Angel yeah. kind of ordeal. Because he's like mocking her calling for line and oh the worst part he was like oh there wasn't a dry eye in the house everybody was just laughing so hard oof yeah yeah it's only good if it's a comedy and it was not it was not but she throws the water on him he momentarily thinks he's gonna be burning but he doesn't he turns and looks at her and she jumps out of the way just as wesley tackles him and drops him down an elevator shaft. Yeah, I, I love how the important part about 
what she did, her juke here, was that it bought them just enough time because there's no way that Wesley could have reasonably knocked him over like that right. had he seen him coming. Right. But because he had, you know, two seconds of, oh, shit, I should be burning right now. It gave yep. Wesley the opportunity to pounce on him and knock him down the elevator shaft. And jealous go down the hole. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. That's a pretty decent fall, too. Yeah, that feasibly could have knocked him out. Yeah. I don't know too much about the, you know, the brain anatomy chemistry of vampires, but I have no qualms with saying that a really hard hit to the head would knock one out. Yeah, I'm fine. Sure, fine. If, if fucking tranquilizer darts work, then you, fine. You can knock one out with a blow to the oh, head. Oh, yeah. In this universe, like, you can get away with anything. So Yeah. Cut to Angel's bedroom. Where he is chained to the bed. A lot. Very much. <laughs> he apparently just keeps those fucking chains right under the bed for convenience. Yeah. And considering how much they've how much use they've gotten out of them, I'd say it's working out. Yeah. Keep doing that. He's practically mummified in chains, man. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and he wakes up, he's angel again. He's got a pretty good welt on his head. Like they actually did some makeup and he has a big red spot on his head. I didn't notice. But he starts to apologize. Uh, but Wesley's all like, no apology necessary. Yeah. His, Cordelia's his, like, uh, excuse you. Uh, things were said. That's true. But I think it best if we simply put it behind us. Move on. Angel says, thank you. It's just the drugs. Couldn't be helped. Yeah, definitely move on. Cordelia gets on board with that sentiment and uh, brings up an amazing point, however. Why can't her real friends be as honest with her as the villain? Shouldn't I expect the same from the not evil version of my friends? Absolutely. Yes. Not a bad point. Even if he's not still evil, that alone earns him at least a couple of days chained to the bed. Yeah. Yeah. And then they can do all sorts of things to him. <laughs> Angel's like, so we're okay then? And Cordy goes, I'm too big of a person to let something so petty get in the way of our friendship. Angel says, I appreciate that long pause you're not gonna untie me are you oh my no <laughs> she's last line <laughs> <laughs> guys guys <laughs> wesley <laughs> wesley <laughs> it's getting very cold i'm hungry <laughs> i fed her all my blood <laughs> it was only one bag there were like at least three <laughs> anyway, Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something in your eye. How'd you feel about the episode, Rex? I hated it till Angelus got there. <laughs> I didn't hate it. But it definitely didn't feel like it was really going anywhere until she gave him the, hey, maybe I can save my career by being a vampire. Yeah. Well, I pretty much picked up on that being the thing that was going to happen when they were in her house after the fucking cops had been there and everything. Yeah. But oh, like, well, I didn't. But I remembered reading a synopsis about this a while back accidentally. I didn't expect Angelus to show up, actually. I, I didn't think it was going to go there. I, I didn't either. 
it was really nice that it did. It absolutely was. And you know what? My only issue with this, and frankly, my main gripe with the episode in general, is that I don't feel like the curse or drugs should or would work the way that they did here on Angel. Yeah. But I'm very, very willing to forgive it. Because they came up with a one-off way for us to have a little more Angelus. Yep, we got to see Angelus, and it wasn't like, well, I guess we're doing this for the next ten episodes. Yeah, they were like, we need a monster of the week that doesn't suck. Angelus, anyone? Ah, sure. And it was great. I do enjoy how we kind of got to see Angel Investigations from the outside a little bit. Not really, but, like, we get kind of a, a slightly more outside perspective of the group by bringing Rebecca in. And I kind of liked that. Okay. Because, like, we get to truly see, well, how dark and broody is Angel. Like, how fucking weird is this little trio thing they got going on? And it kind of showcases it better when you have to bring in somebody who's going to be there the whole episode and in the midst of it rather than like all the fucking people they've brought in before have been on the outside. Rebecca actually gets to come into the group more. Just a little bit. Yeah. And I that gives her a little bit more knowledge and perspective, I think. I, think I was so happy for Cordelia, even though I could tell she was just being used. <laughs> right? Hell, there was some paparazzi took their fucking picture and someone's like, who's this woman that she's with? Right? Oh, and you know, Rebecca was just fucking blowing smoke up her ass when she was like, I'm sure you'll hit it real big real right. soon. Oh, yeah. Like, no, she's not gonna. So I loved that Angelus was here. I thought the episode was eh. But we got Angelus. Yeah. So that's my, how I felt. Minus Angelus, there was nothing good about this episode. It was all just leading up to, we want some more Angelus. Yeah. Because we miss him. And then we got to move on from this. And uh, if one of our fans who posted about this on Twitter is correct, the show will finally start finding some direction next episode. I fucking hope so. And that sounds lovely. It really does. Really, really does. Indeed. So, do you have a quote of the day, Rex? I do have a quote of the day. Um, I read the second half of the quote. We kind of glossed over it. Um, but I'm going to read the whole quote here by Cordy when she's lecturing Angel at the end of the episode. She says, Angelus may not be the most relaxing company, but at least he's honest. Shouldn't I expect the same from the not evil versions of my friends? And that just, it encapsulates the thing we've been saying for seasons and seasons of Buffy as well. That is easily Angel's biggest problem. Just fucking communicate. And tell the fucking truth. Oh my god. Yeah. Had had he fucking immediately outed himself as being an ensouled vampire, like I'm a vampire, but I was cursed to have a soul. Rebecca would have been like, oh, what are other vampires like? And he would have been like, oh, they're fucking crazy, terrifying creatures. Evil! They're evil! <laughs> and they will not carry your parcels if you have too many. No. There is not a charming block garden path. No. They do not call their mothers. No. <laughs> they will spoil a movie for you, though. Yeah. Definitely. That's a dick yeah. move. What's your quote of the day? Well, I want to give an honorable mention to Angel's line when he's talking to Rebecca in her back hallway. She says, which is impossible. Bella Lugosi, Gary Oldman, they're the vampires. <laughs> he says, Frank Langella was the only performance I believed, but... 
<laughs> I, I re- a very good line. I really loved that. But I think my quote quote of the day. Your real quote of the my day. My real quote of the day is Cordelia. Oh, God, he's impossible to buy for. <laughs> what on earth does he need? More socks? I almost picked that as well. That was really good. I think that was like the only laugh out loud line for me. Yeah, that was good. Oh, really good. (laughs) Another laugh out loud line was at the very beginning. I had to rewatch it a few times, but when I finally figured out what Wesley was actually saying, said, "Uh, "We might try shouting fire. It's not technically a crowded theater," (laughs) and that was amazing. Yeah, Uh, but I, I stand by my quote of the day, my quote quote of the day from Cordelia. So yeah, this has been another episode of Ale with Angel. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Join our Facebook group. We love to interact with all our fans there. Do it. If you would uh, like to support our show, you can do that best by reviewing us on iTunes. That's number one way that you can support our show. Please, 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 please. Yes. At this current recording, we still have not gotten our first review of 2021. So remember, first review of 2021, we will give you a t-shirt. Optionally... We also still have a Keanu Reeves coloring book available and the second review of 2021 or the first review if you request it manually. Yeah, first come, first serve. T-shirt or coloring book. Whichever one you want and whichever one's left if you're the second one. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can do that in two ways. First, you can go to store.beerwithbuffy.com if you want to just go ahead and buy a t-shirt rather than trying to win one. Uh, That works, too. We also have mugs, stickers, and a really nice hoodie that I wear every day now. Yeah, we both have one. I don't wear mine as often, but I want to. (laughs) I have have other priorities. If you would like to just outright support us financially, you can do that at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so through email beerwithbuffy at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail or text at 269-743-0783 there you go thought you were actually gonna say it for a second i don't fucking remember it i don't remember it right now and you just said it go on (laughs) and then finally uh special thanks as always to jj treadway for our transition and opening music this has been ale with angel i'm rex i'm josh have a good night like you guys there's so much bacon on the front lawn. <laughs> I want to see him get so high that he just becomes a cannibal. I make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility. And instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs>
wait, what have we done? Why are we watching this? (laughs) 